Insights on Responsible Business is a podcast about organizations building trust, security, and resilience to thrive in an era of stakeholder capitalism. Our host, Sir Rob Wainwright, talks with business leaders and experts about their experiences in charting a new direction towards commercial success and greater societal impact. Our special guest today is Hans Rius, Managing Director at Executive Search and Assessment Firm Russell Reynolds Associates, where he helps global European and Dutch clients appoint and develop top-tier executives and non-executives. He initiated a worldwide partnership with the UN Global Compact to answer an important question. How can organizations make both financial performance and sustainability core to the DNA of their leadership teams? And that is what Rob and Hans will talk about today, the characteristics of sustainable business leaders. Over to you, Rob. Fantastic, Vaidi. Thank you very much. Warm welcome to you, Hans. Thanks so much for joining us today. Well, we're going to talk about this fascinating topic of the DNA of leadership teams. That's your industry. You have a lot of experience in it. But let's start with what Vaidi mentioned, the initiative you ran with the EUN Global Compact that looked into this from the perspective of sustainability, uh, especially. Tell me a bit more about that report, Hans, and where it came from. So thank you, Rob, first of all, for inviting me for this podcast. Um, I'm thrilled to be here. Um, it started about five years ago when I asked myself, am I missing something? I love my profession, you know, executive search and assessment, but am I missing something? And after a lot of introspection, I came to the conclusion that for me, the icing on the cake would be the possibility to appoint leaders or help clients appoint leaders who not just run their companies in a profitable way, but also in a sustainable way. Um, and then I started doing an analysis internally how often we actually use sustainable leadership as a requirement for appointing senior leaders. We produce you know, about 4,000, close to 4,000 position specifications around the world, across industries, across functions, always at the top of the house. Um, and it turned out whatever definition we used, the percentage was never higher than about 4%. 4%? 4%, yes. I mean, that's... So, so just... What does that mean in practice, Hans? Because that seems a very low figure. It is. So that means that one in 25, roughly, of the position specifications requires a leader um, to be some kind of sustainable leader. Compared to, for instance, digital, you know, some kind of digital leadership, one in three, and diversity and inclusion was a requirement in about half of the searches we do. But but it, it, it is striking, isn't it? Because, I mean, digital transformation, um, diversity and equity inclusion, hot topic these days. Actually, there isn't a hotter topic, surely, than sustainability right there, right now. And and in fact. If you, if you see the rhetoric from, from so many business leaders, you know, sustainability is indeed a big topic. Uh, and yet that, that huge disconnect between um, those, those three areas for a start, but this disconnect between rhetoric and action about doing actually something about it to make sure you have the right leaders in place. How, how do you explain that? So if you think about what a position specification typically looks like, it is typically, you know, consisting of three sections. One section on the company, the second section is on the responsibilities of the executive or non-executive, and the third is a list of requirements that the person needs to meet to be considered for the role. The percentage um, of references of sustainable leadership in the company section is somewhat higher, that's about 15%, but companies fail to translate that to a set of requirements in the third section. So interesting. So, so you you picked this up, uh, and good for you for spotting it and then sort of digging into it. So you then sort of 
teamed with the UN Global Compact. And, and, and so, so tell me a bit about that report and, and some of the findings that came from it. Happy to. So indeed, via colleague, I was introduced you know, to UN Global Compact. That's the part of the United Nations that develops and promotes the sustainable development goals, working very closely with the private sector, academia and so forth. Um, so I, uh, I arranged a meeting with the CEO, Lisa Kingo at the time, um, and we said, you know, should we not develop a partnership to dig into this? And our CEO got involved and you know, a number of other colleagues. And what we turned out you know, to be doing is interviewing 55 CEOs and board members, so executives and non-executives across industries worldwide to find out what sustainability uh, and especially sustainable leadership actually means. And, and um, well, that's, so there's 55 leaders across many sectors and, and many countries. So, you know, presumably, therefore, you know, statistically relevant in terms of, of the research findings that therefore you produce. What stood out for you, Hans, in terms of what the report was telling you? So a number of things. Um, one is that, you know, at the heart of the sustainable leadership model is what we call the sustainable mindset. That is the conviction that all of these leaders had that businesses need to be run not just profitably, uh, but also sustainability, you know, also sustainably, not either or, but both and. And then there are you know, four traits around that, uh, which require them to be able to see the bigger picture. So what we call multi-level systems thinking. So really to see how the company fits into the broader ecosystem, if you will. It's about uh, stakeholder inclusion. Um, a great example, one of the CEOs we spoke to said, in the beginning of the pandemic, um, that particular leader went to their key suppliers and said, we will offer you more favorable payment terms, not less favorable, but more favorable payment terms, because he wanted to cement that relationship between his own company and the supplier also after the pandemic. The third one was about innovation, disruptive innovation, we've called that, um, meaning refusing to take no for an answer. If you've developed a strategy and if you've developed a business model, um, go at it, continue you know, to, to pursue that path until you found a solution that actually works. And the last bit is what we called long-term activation. This is not just about the leader at the top of the house, but how do you embed sustainable leadership throughout the organization by means of training and development and um, compensation and so forth. What's interesting is that these attributes of sustainable leadership are important not just on, on issues of sustainability. They, they speak, it seems, to a, a type, a vision of a modern leader that, that therefore is capable of being effective across the board, also presumably even on financial performance. I, I guess you'd say that this is not unique to sustainability. In, in a way it is, and what we also felt is, and what we found is that these leaders also had a particular route to the top. How did they arrive at those senior positions? Um, it turned out that many of them had you know, a more holistic view, if you will. Uh, they were more likely compared to a control group to have worked in the global south, at least in multiple continents, and also to have worked in multiple functional areas. So not just climbing the ranks through sales, for instance, but also finance or marketing, again, to develop this more holistic picture. And that's, and that's something about perhaps, you know, leaders that, that develop a strong intercultural experience, awareness, sensitivity to that. 
broadening their their mindset by being exposed simply to a greater range of of global markets and customers i guess absolutely and then the question we also asked ourselves and 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 we asked these 55 people is this something you learnt over time or were you born with this in other words can it be developed uh, and the encouraging message is that yes it can be developed 45% uh, so said you know i was you know, a born believer. I was raised in this way by my parents or, you know, through religion or through other means. Um, but 43% said I, you know, increasingly over time throughout my career, I became convinced that, you know, my position actually, um, you know, offers me the opportunity to do something very meaningful with it. Um, so that's how they were convinced to become a sustainable leader. And there was, you know, the remaining 12% experienced something dramatic. Uh, you know, they they lost a loved one or they experienced a tsunami or an earthquake or something, uh, which led them to believe that hmm, maybe there's more to it and more to life than, you know, the 1% market share of the next EBITDA percentage. So if you add that 43 and the 12%, you, you, know, you obviously arrive at 55%, which is just over half of people who developed sustainable leadership over time. And, and so they develop it, um, you know, through their own experience, life experience in, in, in some of those um, situations that you describe. But but at the same time, I guess, Hans, also organizations need to put the right kind of structures, processes in place to help board members and executives, you know, become better leaders, I guess. So so is are those structures in place? Are, do you see that as something that's, that's trending across business? It is certainly increasing and that's encouraging also. Um, you know, the, the European Commission is thinking about uh, a potential directive, sort of a pan-European governance code on sustainable leadership and sustainable governance. Um, you see the business schools of the world, uh, you know, INSEAD and, and other universities in Rotterdam as well, uh, or Neyrod or TIOS for that matter, you know, they all have programs um, helping leaders become more sustainable. So you see the, the universities, um, you know, uh, contributing to this bigger cause as well. A lot of what you're talking about, you know, speaks to the whole theme of this podcast series where I've been speaking to many business leaders like you, Hans, about responsible business, about the extent to which there may or may not, not be this, this important shift right now in the business community accelerated by the effects of the pandemic towards a mindset that is much more focused around being purpose-led. I think you're, you're giving strong examples of that today. What I've been hearing across the 30 or so, you know, episodes and discussions I've had is that, yes, it is quite encouraging. There does seem to be something happening in business towards this. So in the areas that you've been talking about here about sustainable leadership, are you picking up the same signs? Are, are them all the things that you've been saying today, Hans, are, them, are we going in the right direction, you think? Yes, definitely so. And I have a number of data points to, uh, you know, to support that point. First of all, you know, the, you may recall the film by you know, Al Gore, An Inconvenient Truth in, I believe it was 2005 or 2006. Um, and many people were deeply touched by that film. But then when the financial crisis in 2008 hit in, the topic you know, disappeared, more or less. You know, the whole private sector went into survival mode and that, you know, that topic disappeared. The topic of sustainability, that is. Um, I was for a moment concerned that when the pandemic hit us, you know, the same thing would happen. But that's not the case at all. On the contrary, um, people you know, realize that 
we can only tackle uh, the global issues that this society and this planet um, are facing. They can only be resolved with you know, proper teamwork and global teamwork, if you will. Uh, and the last data point I would use is, I mentioned the 4%. That was a measurement in 2019, just before the, the, our report, you know, uh, leadership for the decade of action came out last year. We're now repeating that analysis and, you know, the promising um, fact is that these numbers are going up. Well, that's great, Hans. But I mean, in, in terms of, you know, where next, encouraging signs, still, you know, quite a lot to do uh, in terms of maybe the call to action as it's uh, as, as it were, to get this right, what would you say to the business leaders that are listening today? So there's a call to action to both people who hire other people and people who are applying for a role. Let me address both. So let me start with the person you know who is hiring someone else. This could be an executive, this could be a board member. Um, my first point would be integrate sustainable leadership into the position specification, both in the area, you know, in the section of the company on what needs to be done by that particular role and what criteria uh, need to be met to be considered for the role. The second is in the interview itself, uh, raise the topic, ask the right questions about, you know, to the candidate. Um, what are your personal accomplishments with respect to sustainable leadership? Um, what do you do in your private life? Uh, just to see if this is credible or just a, you know, a projected style, if you will. And also be prepared as a hiring manager to answer questions about the maturity and the focus of uh, the company when it comes to sustainability. Some of these steps are, are, are um, you know, seemingly straightforward, you know, just integrating it in the person specification, for example. I, I'm, I keep coming back to this, this figure of 4% because I'm surprised that these steps, which are relatively simple to implement, are, are not more you know, par for the course or, or already. You just so these these are these are very thing, very easy things that people can take away. Um, is it really the case that that interviews are, are not addressing these sort of issues in the way that, that you'd expect? Not nearly enough. I would I would say not nearly enough. There's a lot of uh, well intended. Um, you know, the framing of how the company performs as a whole. But when it comes down to the individual uh, processes and the individual leadership questions, uh, I think there's a lot of ground we can cover. So, you know, in the end, you know, what really that seems to say that what really matters to any, say, recruiting CEO or chairman of the board is, you know, I, I need to put their ability to deliver financial performance first and second and maybe last as well, doesn't it? Yeah, so and, and what I'm advocating, it's it's a combination. It's as I said in the beginning of this conversation, it's it's both and not either or. And my call to action to the, uh, you know, the to the candidate who, who's, you know, is applying for a particular role. Um, yeah, would be similar. Highlight what you've done um, and also try in the interview to figure out um, you know, where the company is with respect to their sustainability journey. Are there particular sustainable development goals that they're focusing on and how far you know, are they in, in their journey? And does that actually fit with uh, your personal preferences? You may be way too far ahead of the crowd in case, you know, in, in which case you might suffer from tissue rejection, so to speak, or you may not be far, you know, far ahead enough, in which case the company will say, well, you actually don't bring enough to the table. Yeah, but I guess we're still at an early curve then, aren't we, of, of having, you know, a, a, a large amount of, of leaders that have sustainability experience, maybe not many do. So 
we have to start somewhere and hopefully we don't want to discourage leaders even those that have no direct experience of working in this area we would still presumably want to recruit those that at least have the appetite to learn and pick that up as they go along absolutely i mean you need to be able to walk before you can run um i would say in general you know we are with sustainable leadership where we were maybe six seven years ago when it came to you know diversity and inclusion um that has ramped up very quickly and is now still after seven years you know a huge topic as you know in uh, you know in in recruiting senior people uh, and i'm convinced that say in five six years from now hopefully sooner we'll be at the same stage when it comes to sustainable leadership well let's hope so hans and and it it, it remains puzzling that, that we're not a bit further along that, that, that pathway already. Um, hopefully it won't take five, five or six or seven years for us to get to that point, uh, not least because it doesn't chime with what we know about the uh, compelling business narrative of today. But you've given us tremendous food for thought today, Hans. I'd like to thank you for, for being our guest, giving us some tr tremendous insights in, in, in these areas. Thank you again for joining us today. It was a real pleasure, a real pleasure. Thank you, Rob. So leadership matters. That's what we've been hearing today. And that's always been the case, of course, in any business and for any issue of importance. None more so these days than the subject of sustainability and the challenge of climate change confronting us all. CEOs everywhere, it seems, now talk more urgently of taking up this cause and redoubling their commitment levels to deliver meaningful action. But behind the narrative, some important building blocks are missing from what's needed to navigate that change. In particular, as we've learned from Hans today, businesses have much still to do to ensure that they have the right leadership set in place. And from the simple step of integrating sustainable leadership in the position specification of all senior executive recruitments, to the softer skill of developing a different kind of culture and mindset at the top table, companies have a clear roadmap of improvement ahead. At stake is the ability of big business to deliver on its big words of commitment on sustainability. At stake in the hands of our future leaders is the future of responsible business. Thank you for listening to another episode of Insights on Responsible Business. We hope you enjoyed it and will tune into our next episode. Please review us on Spotify, the iTunes podcast app, or whatever popular podcast app you're using. And find out more on Deloitte.nl. See you next time.